Well, praise ye the Lord. I tell you, I'm excited about the Lord. And I was late getting here this morning because I got too involved in prayer at home. And But I'm glad to be here. Amen. I mentioned in the Sunday school class this morning, I really enjoyed that class. That every morning we get up, we ought to be expecting a miracle. And I meant Brother Ken touched my strings or something other this morning. And I mentioned about an article I read this week. We ought not to be singing that old song. Oh, won't we have a time when we get over heaven? said, we ought to be singing, oh, what a time we're having here. The blessings of God is upon us abundant. I'm going to share with you, you don't need a yesterday God. You need a today God. You need the presence of God today, this presence to heal you when you have a need. You may not need him tomorrow because you may not be here tomorrow. You may be resting in his bosom. So we ought to clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord and sing praises unto God. Could you do that right now? Why don't you just put your hands together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Don't just do it in church. Do it tomorrow morning. Do it every day of the week. When you get up, start clapping your hand, make time for the Lord, and he'll make time for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, I'd like you to take your Bibles. I don't know whether we'll read it all or not. Turn to 2 Kings, 4th chapter, verse 1 to 7. And amen. <clears throat> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Got a little problem in my throat today, but... <clears throat> but I'm going to overcome it by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. I got a coughing spell last night, and, and Peggy said, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I got up and went into another room. Every time I'd cough, I'd say, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. First thing you know, I went to sleep. Next thing you know, I woke up. I want you to know God is alive. He said, I once was dead. But I'm alive, and I'm alive forevermore. He said, I've been like all other gods. Brother Michael, he said, I was dead for three days, but I got up. I mean, believe it's time for to get up out of deadness of life and come alive under God because you have a live God inside of you. He's not dead. He's alive. He said, I'm alive forevermore. I'm alive. I'm alive. Praise God. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. I'm, I'm going to have to. There was a certain woman, the wives of the son of the prophets. Unto Elisha said, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that my servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take away my sons, to put them in bondage. Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy maiden have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Verse 3, And then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, empty vessels, bar not a few, when thou art come into thy house, you shut the doors, you shall pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set them aside that which is full. 
So she went from him and shut the door upon her, upon her sons, and brought the vessel to her, and she poured out. It came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet vessels. And they said unto her, There is not any more. Then she came and told the prophet, the man of God, who said, Go sell all the oil, pay your debt. Somebody tell me what that few verses that says. And live. How many could say with me, I'm going to live? Are you going to say, I'm going to live? He said, pay your debt. How many know Jesus Christ has paid our debt? He said, I want you to live. Your debt's been paid. This woman's husband was Obadiah. He's the one that hid the prophets by 50 in the caves from Jezebel and Ahab. And now the reward for his faithfulness to God is going to come to her family. And now he tells her, said, now I want you to go out in all your neighborhood. Everywhere you go in all of your neighborhood, Brother Mevin said, I want you to go cover all your neighborhood. And I want you to borrow as many, if not just a few, but many vessels, big, small, or little, but make sure they're what? Empty. Empty. So she did. If she didn't really live a rich, vibrant life the rest of her life, it was her fault. It was her fault. Because he told her to go and do what? Sell, pay your debt, and what? How many know that your debt has been paid in full when Jesus said it's finished on the cross? He said his debt's been paid in full. Now go and what? Live. Don't be like the person said, oh, I can't think about heaven for thinking about hell all the time. Well, don't think about hell because you've been born again and bought out of bondage. Your debt has been paid. You are to go forth and do what? Live. You, you, you're to go and live. You say, well, what's that got to do with me? The vessels represent you and I. You and I. Empty. Empty. I mean, when you come to God, you're going to have to be what? empty of yourself you got to kill yourself and be empty of yourself and to live a vibrant Christian life that self must stay on the cross and die daily that's why Apostle Paul said I crucify my flesh every day of my life because he wants to rule how many know that your flesh wants to rule there's a lady got the Holy Ghost one time. She testified she didn't know nothing about the Lord. She said, I feel the old man scratching out of the grave again. When you get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'll tell you, that old flesh is going to do its best to scratch out of the grave and come alive and take control of your life. He wants to rule. But thank God you got something inside you keeps him from ruling. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And the all represents the Holy Ghost. How many are glad when you come to God, you came empty, broken, in need, and he filled you to the brim with the Holy Ghost? And then he says, go and live, because it's not the life that you're going to live. It's the life of the Holy Ghost inside you going to do the living. He wants going to do the living. Jimmy Swaggart said, when I got the Holy Ghost, I never fought another battle in my life. 
You said, well, I don't know about that. He said, I had battle, I had troubles, but the Holy Ghost in me fought my battle. How many of the Holy Ghost is fighting your battle? Are we rising up in the flesh and trying to fight them ourselves? I've been there, but I'm through there. I'm through with that. I'm not going to fight no more of the flesh. Paul said, I didn't receive it of the flesh. I was not taught by the flesh. I did never confer with the flesh. The only one I ever conferred with was Jesus Christ. And that's why he was so successful. Y'all feel good? Do you feel good? I feel good. Hallelujah. You ought to feel good every day of your life. When you get out of bed in the morning, you should say, good morning, what? Holy Ghost. What kind of time we're going to have a day? We've been born again. Our old nature is dead. That old life is gone. It's gone in the buried in the grave. And that's where he needs to stay. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wonderful is the Lord. This, the Bible said this woman cried. How many know it's all right to cry under God? Huh? I found out it don't do very little crying, just crying. <laughs> but when you cry under God. David said this poor man, talk about himself. He wasn't talking about he was a king. He was rich. You read about how rich he was when he said that. He wasn't talking about I didn't have no riches. He said this poor man cried. When a poor spirit cries out unto God, he said, and God heard this poor man's cry and answered my prayers. When we cry to God for my spirit, I guarantee you he's going to answer. He's going to answer. I want to say again, the New Testament, there never was no waiting. Never was no waiting. You read it for yourself. There never no, no waiting. Amen. Two blind men followed him. He just ignored them. Didn't pay no attention to them. They cried and they cried. He went in the house and they went in the house. And he said, what do you want me to do? And they said, we want to see. He said, do you believe that I can do this? And they said, um, yes, we believe. And then he said, according to your faith. And the minute they said that, what happened? What happened, Sister Richard? The minute they said that, we believe you can. He said, according to your faith, heaven. And the Bible said, and immediately the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ opened their eyes. How many glad ones that day your eyes was open? They asked Helen Keller what would be worse, being blind, deaf, and dumb, which she was. She said, having eyes and not be able to see. Hmm? How many are glad you can see who Jesus is? How many are glad he, we're going to get to this in a minute, he revealed himself to you? How many are glad, could you say, man, that Christ revealed himself to me? He reveals himself to us. Every day he's making a new statement to us of the wonderful things of God. 2 Peter 1 and 2 said, Grace, that means favor, and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. She might have heard about Elisha having a double portion. One day he was plowing 12 yoke of oxen. I have never plowed an oxen, but I know what it means to plow a mule or horse. I know what that means. But one day he was plowing 12 yoke of oxen, and a few days later, he had a double portion of the Spirit of God. 
You know why God gives us so much is so we're able to give others. If God blesses us so much in the spirit realm and we fail to bless others, then we're offending God. She probably heard that he had a double portion. But I want you to notice what she had to do, to call her what she had to do. He said, I want you to go and gather from all of your neighbors all around of you, and I want you to get as many vessels you can find, big or small, but make sure they're empty. The Bible said, if you believe the prophet, you shall prosper in all the things you do. Come on now. You don't have to have a prophet to come to you today. You have Jesus Christ. In the book of Hebrews, said we used to hear the prophets, but now we hear Jesus Christ. I'll come to that again in a minute. He is speaking every day of our lives. Put on your ears and hear the voice of God and what he's saying in our lives today. He's alive. Somebody ought to shout out, he's alive. I once was dead like all other gods are dead, but I'm alive and I'm alive forevermore. Hallelujah. She had to go and get the vessels. But God's responsibility is to fill the vessels, right? I'm going to share with you some stories here in a minute about a little book called The Mighty Wind. Indonesia, what's happening over there? Y'all going to help me this morning? We need to stop praying for the wind to blow. Come on now, I want you to help me. Acts 2, when they said, what's the meaning of this? Peter said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The spirit has been poured out 2,000 years ago. We ought to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The spirit has been poured out. Hallelujah. It's being poured out today. I feel it in my heart. How many feel the spirit of the Lord in your heart? How many of you feel the Spirit of the Lord when you get up in the morning in your heart? How many of you feel the Spirit of the Lord all day long in your heart? He's not on vacation. Elijah said, why don't you pray aloud to the prophets of Baal? Why don't you pray aloud? Maybe he's on vacation. But listen, he's not on vacation. He's already poured out his Spirit in this world, in my heart, in your heart. And if you don't have it, he wants to pour it in your heart right now. He's here right now. Tell the fox. I walked yesterday, and I'm going to walk today. How many are glad that Jesus walked 2,000 years ago, but he's walking the same today, and he's going to walk the same tomorrow as he ever did before in his life as he got out of the grave? Peter said, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what the angels wanted to look into. This is what the prophet of old wanted to look into, but you're enjoying it. How many is enjoying the blessings of the Lord? Oh, you're just enjoying the blessings of the Lord. It's just overwhelming with the blessings of the Lord. We had a good Thanksgiving dinner. I hope you had one. We had turkey and chicken and dressing, and, and uh, Peggy didn't have to do nothing. She's got to the stage in life. She don't do nothing. Come on now. 
We need to get to the place that we're allowing other people to do what we can't do and rejoice in the Lord. That they're doing it and we're being blessed by watching them do it. We're blessed because they want to do it. We're blessed because God is going to have a people in this world. I don't care how dark, how black it gets. God has a people. He's not going to have. He has a people today that's alive in the body of Christ and they're going to be alive forevermore. Well, I don't know what they're going to do when I'm gone. I'm going to do the same before you got here. Huh? God's going to raise up somebody. He's going to raise them up. I believe they're already in the wing waiting. I believe it's just a matter of moments they're fixing to step out. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 and 1 said, God gives not his gifts by limits. Now, he doesn't give no gifts by limits. He gives the fullness of God. He puts his fullness in our lives. You're full with the presence of God. Don't be praying, God, move. He's moving. Scientists say if when, I forgot how many seconds, it quits blowing on this earth. Everything in earth would die. The grass would die. Cattle would die. Everything in the sea would die because the wind is the breath of God. The wind is blowing. How many feel the wind are blowing? You feel the wind are blowing. Listen, when you're having a problem, you ought to be able to feel the wind are blowing. You ought to feel him that greater is he that's in you, that he that's in the world, that he takes up the sword and fights your battles. Fights your battles. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He says he pours out the Spirit without measure. St. John 3.34. He pours out without measure. The oil, remember now, the oil have been poured out. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. And the vessels represents people that's empty. That is empty. If you need God today, he's present help to heal right now. He's never on vacation. He's never slumbering. He's never asleep. He's always alert. He's always ready and active to do something in our lives. He's eager to do something in our lives. He's working a bountiful in our lives. It's being poured out. He is the same God today, right now. The same power that was poured out in Acts 2 has already been poured out on us right now. It's the same thing. What we have to do is to learn to believe I have it. It's in me. The hope of glory is inside me. The presence of God is inside me. We got to get a hold of what God is telling us about these wonderful things of God. Jesus Christ... <clears throat> is pouring out today. Matthew 9, 37, 38, Jesus said unto them, the harvest truly is plentiful. It's plentiful harvest. I saw something the other day. I, I try my best not to watch the news because I don't believe there's no information in there for me. I want my information from God. I want my information from God. Amen? But I did watch a little documentary about these people. I won't call their names, but they said, we have no one in this world. Nobody wants us, and we don't have a friend. Only friend that we have is the group that we're in. You can figure out who they was. It broke my heart. 
I tell you, God loves them as much as he loves you or much as he loved me. He loved you when you didn't love God. He loves them as much as he loves you or anybody else on this world. And I thought, God, help us to have this Help us to have the faith and the courage to help these people. One way we can help by praying. Amen? Now, Jesus said the harvest is great and truly plentiful. But he said, therefore, pray to the Lord. That's Jesus Christ. You to pray to Jesus Christ that he would do what? Sing laborers. At one time, we have knocked every door in Queen City and around. Sharon used to help us plot out what people would come and visit. We'd go visit them every Monday night, right? We have never seen a harvest from that. Never. I think of what Dr. Joel says. You're not going to win souls to God by knocking doors and passing out tracts. You're going to have to pray. That's what Jesus said right here. You said, I can't go. You don't need to go. Your prayers can go. That's what he's saying right here. You pray that I, the Lord of the harvest, that has all power, all authority in heaven and earth, I will draw them unto myself. We ought to have a universal prayer life for the world to be saved. Hello? Not just here. So the harvest is truly great. Luke 14, it said, The servants came to him and said, Lord, these things, thou the master of the house, being angry, he said unto them, Jesus said unto them, being angry because all the excuses had been made, he said, go out quickly. Go out quickly. And he said, go out in the highways and the byways and invite them to come into my house. And they come and said, it's done, Lord. He said, well, then go invite the lame, the halt, the blind, anybody that's empty, anybody that needs encouragement, invite them and the Spirit of the Lord. You know, no man comes to God without the Spirit of God. I don't care if you knock the door, if you don't have the Spirit of God with you and him moving in that life, nothing's going to happen. But when the Spirit of God draws, all, how many can lift your hand? Not, don't, I mean, you don't have to do physically, but you can say the Spirit of the Lord drew me to God. How many could say that? You're drawn by the Spirit of the love of God to the Christ of God. You're drawn. No man comes unless he's drawn by love. What did a young family that was baptized the other day? Anybody remember what they said up on this stage? When they come up and testify, anybody remember what they said? It attracted them the most beyond anything else. What attracted them most? What? The love of God. People love. That's what attracts people is the love of God. Please do not misunderstand me today. Except the power of God is right here, right now. When you get up in the morning, when you leave this place, the power of God is going to go with you. He's already here. He's already poured it out. He is wanting us to gather vessels by prayer and believe in expectation. I believe you can pray till your head falls off and never save anything. I believe in prayer, but I believe it's something that got to be greater than prayer. That's faith. Expectation is something that's going to happen when we pray. And the man said, if I tell you a chicken dip snuff, look up on his wing because he's got his can under there. 
we got to expect what God, the prophet Jesus Christ, has said. Something great is happening. Anybody going to agree with me? Not going to happen. That is happening right now. That is happening right now in this community. The Spirit of God is hovering over what He's going to bring to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Empty vessels. Vessels not full of themselves. But vessels are desperate, desperate for God. It should not be the prayer, oh God, I need you. I'm not being critical. I'm trying to help us to get the things of God. I want to see the miraculous manifestation of the power of God every day in our lives. The prayer should be say, oh God, I want you. I want you in my life. I want you to control my life. I want your presence in me at all times. I desire to hunger the presence of God. I want you in my life. Everybody needs him. I tell you, everybody needs him. But everybody don't want him. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40 and verse 5 said, The glory of God reveals himself to those that has not sought him. Now, he revealed himself to those that has not sought him. That's a strange statement, isn't it? He said, I reveal myself to them that has not sought me or does not seek me. It's not his will that people perish. Stephen said in Acts 7 and 2, he said, And God, or the God of glory, appeared to our father Abraham while he was in Macedonia worshiping idols. I feel the Lord working out here that well, we don't even see it. Sister Linda likes to bake, is that right? She learned that from her mama, I guess, is that right? Oh, we loved Aunt May's bread. I'm not a bread eater, but we loved it. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, when you put that yeast in that bread, oh, said it's working and you don't see it's working. It's silent. I want you to know there's a God that's alive out in this world and he's working a silent in people that we don't even know and can't see that he's working. But oh, that bread began to, is that right? I'm not no bread man, but I believe that bread, Jesus said that bread starts. Oh, God's moving on them and they don't know it yet. Oh, he said, I reveal myself to those that has not sought me. He revealed himself to Abraham and Abraham wasn't seeking him. He was worshiping idols. He was an idol worshiper, but God revealed himself to him. Does that show you that God is alive and he's always working? Is that right? Abraham wasn't no interested in God. He couldn't care less about God. When I was going with Peggy, I know y'all heard this story, but you want to hear it again. I can just tell it in your face. I didn't go to church to find God. I went to church to sit on the back row and hold her hand. She knew God, but I didn't. 
I wouldn't care if the Spirit of the Lord was moving or not. But I'll tell you one night, nobody asked me. Nobody encouraged me. She didn't say anything to me, but just something got inside me. I didn't know God. I made my way to that altar and fell down on my knees. I didn't cry and weep for the Holy Ghost. I cried and weeped, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my, what I've done wrong. And I tell you, I'll let you figure out the rest of it. He draws you with love silently. Silent. I don't know how many times I went to church with her, and never one time did I feel like going, but I want you to know God was still there working. I want you to thank God that God is working in people you don't even see. You don't see no results, but hallelujah, brother, if you're seeing something, you can't see the living inside that soul that's working, desperate. And they got to become empty where nothing in this world matters but God, and then they'll find God. He said it's working. That's where the Spirit of God works. He reveals himself. I'd like for you to read the book of Judges and pay close attention how many times God revealed himself to people that was not looking for him, was not expecting him, how he revealed himself to them. He's a revealer of himself to you and I of empty vessels. He reveals himself. Both of Ruth, chapter 1, she left a, a land that was in the famine. She left, she said, in fullness of pleasure. But she comes home bitter. Oh, she's lost her husband, lost two sons. But Brother Michael, nobody's seen what was working inside of her. Said, I want to go home. There's people going to come that you never expect them to come because you don't see what's inside of them. They're working. You can't see it. And she says, I'm going home. I feel in my spirit so strong that there's people going to come that has never been here before. And there's people going to come that's been in the bitterness of spirit, been hurt. But God is greater than their hurt. God's love is greater than that. Church, if he wasn't a God of moving all the time, this would not happen. You would not be here if God hadn't been moving all the time. He's moving on you when you were asleep. He's sowing seed in you that you don't even know when you were asleep. And it may take it years, more than years to come up, but I won't guarantee you. God's word is true, and it's going to come up. It's going to produce as she went home, and a miracle happened as soon as she got home, she was accepted in a way that she didn't think she was. She said, don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> but they surrounded her with love. She put Ruth in Boaz's field. Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ to go to work. And all of you know that story wonderfully. But here's what I want to share with you. Ruth and Boaz got married. If you're not married to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to come get married today. Amen. 
I want you to marry yourself with Jesus Christ. I want you to join yourself with Jesus Christ. Amen? He is the father of your soul. He's the master of your soul. Why don't you marry him this morning and be in fellowship? Let him be the husband that you've never had before. Let him be the father that you never always dreamed of. As Ken says, my daddy, my daddy. Let him be what you always dreamed of. He can be that in your life this morning. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Well, I missed a great opportunity. No, God has restored your opportunity. Hallelujah. He's already poured back what you lost in the book of Joel. And Acts 2, he's already poured it back. He's already poured it back. Poured it back. She married Boaz. Can't you just see him? Oh, that was sweet. Mm-mm. Mm. Ruth had a boy. They named him Obed. And the Bible said he served the Lord all the days of his life or served his generation. But here's the catcher. They carried Obed to Naomi and said he will be a nurser to your life all the days of your life. It changed her life. I want you to know what Jesus reproduces will change your life. When the Holy Ghost gets in your life, it will change your life. I've been changed. I've been newborn. I am a new creature in Christ. He's pouring it out. Every day of your life, he's pouring it out. You don't need to be asking him to pour. You need to be asking him, help me to receive. Help me to receive what's already available. The widow said, I had nothing. But when the widow came to Elijah, said, I only have just a little small or just a little jug of oil. That's all I got. I'm telling you this morning, well, I don't tell you, but I want you to know that God can take the littleness that you got and turn it into abundance just that quick, just that quick. He can change your life. Something good is happening. It is happening because God's alive. You don't need a God of 2,000 years ago. You need a God of right now. When they put a John... The revelator on the Isle of Patmos to die. They put him there to die. He needed a God right then. And Jesus shows up. Do you need a God this right now? Do you need him to show up in your life right now? Maybe you're in a death situation. Maybe everything looks bleak and hopeless for you. But Jesus says, I want to step into your life. I'm available. I'm present. Help in the time of need. The power is present to heal. He said, I'm here right now. If you'll just open up your empty heart and let me in, I'll do it right now. What happened to John the Revelator? He heard a voice. Even Isaiah said, you'll hear a voice behind you, and it'll be God. How many know that God is speaking to you? How many believe that God is speaking? You may not be hearing, but he's speaking. He never gives up on you. Amen? He, he never gives on you. He turned around and looked, and when he saw Jesus, he fell as a dead man. Jesus is here. Where's Jesus going to be in the morning when you get up? 
Where's he going to be when you? That's a wonderful message we need to share. The, the kingdom of God is within you. Not the kingdom of heaven. There's two different things. The kingdom of heaven is one thing. The kingdom of God is another thing. But the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. And a little old book called The Mighty Wind. Written by a man that was a friend with a this pastor that's in... Uh, Indonesia, and he said, uh, we don't have no wine in Indonesia. We don't have none. So when we take the Lord's Supper, we fill our glasses with water. Then we do what Jesus did. We pray over the water, and it turns to wine. You say, well, I don't know where I believe that or not. Then, well, Jesus said, the works I do, you do. Is that what he said? Didn't he say that? The works I do, didn't he say you do? said, we don't have no wine, but said, we fill our glasses with water, and then we pray over it, and he turns it to wine, and then we have communion. Isn't that wonderful? That's happening today. That's happening right now. Then he said, the greater works you'll do than I do. I want to get a hold of it. Anybody in here with me want to get a hold of that to do the same works he does and even do greater works he does? He said, I have seen over 30,000 people miraculously healed. But he said, healing is not the key that Christ came to be. Your salvation is a bigger key than what healing is. What would it benefit if you had perfect health and not have a perfect soul? This priest there, he... Uh, was a lepers. He worshipped idols. And uh, he said he knew a lot of the devils by name. He said, I was on a first name basis with the devil. We can't relate to that here in America. But church, I'm going to let you know it's real around this world. It's real. And it's more real here than what we realize. That's why there's so much violence in this world today because the devil is loose. And he knows his time is short. And he's working day and night. Amen. How many know we got a God that's working day and night too? And he's greater than he is. And this priest went one day to offer sacrifice to his blood God. They offer sacrifice to all kinds of God. I first learned some about this when Brother Baker and him first went to Brazil when he came back in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I've been there six years. Peggy and I just got into church, and some things he told that they encountered in Brazil that we don't never encounter here. But the God is the same everywhere. And as he was making sacrifice to his blood God, Jesus shows up. You might say, well, I don't know about that now. Well, Isaiah said he reveals himself to those that does not want is not seeking him. So he reveals himself to those not seeking him. He revealed himself to Abraham, and Abraham wasn't seeking him. So he reveals himself to this priest. And the priest asked him, said, Who are you? He said, I am the God that you're worshiping. But you're worshiping me in the wrong way. He said, But who are you? He said, You go back to your village, and you have everybody in their village to burn their idols get rid of all their stuff unto the unknown God, and I'll come back and talk to you. He did. 
He had a trouble getting them all to burn them, but he did. He went back and they burned them all and they got rid of every one of them. Then Jesus appeared to him. He said, I'm Jesus. And to prove that he was Jesus, they was always asking for proof over there. Were there devil? And Jesus healed him of his leprosy. Isn't that wonderful? Wasn't even seeking to be healed. Wasn't even seeking the Lord. And then something else happened to him. A rushing, mighty wind from heaven flowed through his life and filled him with the Holy Ghost. Oh, church, it's happening all around the world. It's happening. It's happening here. The living of the bread is working. Can't you just see people coming? Huh? Anybody in here beside me, you can just see people coming? People that's been bitter, don't look like they can ever get over it, but they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Amen. The prodigal son had spent his life in riotous living. He went to his father, said, give me and my brother what's coming to us. If you'll notice, he gave it to both of them. He gave the, the inheritance to both of them. He went out and spent his, oh, God. I feel, I know my own life, there's been times that I have not been fully committed to God. I've tried to walk with God since I received the Holy Ghost in 1960. When I was called into the ministry, I sold my saddle horses, my trailer. I sold everything pertaining to a horse. I got rid of it. And try to give more to God. But I know there's been times in my life I've been slack and not like I should be. But these next what a few years I have left is going to be committed to God. He came to himself. No man comes to himself. They don't come to themselves. The Spirit of the Lord, the living that was in his heart cause him to come to himself. No man comes to God unless he's drawn by the Spirit. No man has a good thought unless it comes from God. But, hallelujah, that was in him. He came to himself because the Father had never given up on him. How many believe that God has never given up on you? I don't care what you've been through and what anybody else is going through. It doesn't matter. God has not given up on you. He's a present help in the time of need. His power is there to heal. You don't have to come to the altar to get healed. You can get healed home in your bed. You don't have to come to the altar to get the Holy Ghost. That's one good thing to do, but you can get the Holy Ghost. I could give you example after example. People got the Holy Ghost at home, driving their car. People got healed here and there and here and there because God is a present help in the time of need. His power is present to heal wherever you are because he is present. He has poured out his spirit in this earth. And he's still here. You don't need a yesterday God. You need a God today. You may need a problem solved today. He is the God that solved your problem right now. He can do it. He eagerly wants to do it. I could give you many more examples in that little old book. What they're seeing and happening there. Is God respect a person? Is he not the same today as he was yesterday? There's no shadow of a turning in him, no respect to person. 
He does not slumber nor sleep. He's hungry and thirsty for us to come to him. And sometimes he come to us when you didn't come to him. Anybody in here beside me that God come to you when you, you, you weren't looking for him? There's one right there. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible said no man all ever come before him was thieves. In other words, no man has ever come before God except he drew him. We are what God makes us. Unless he makes us, we're nothing. Unless he keeps us, we cannot keep ourselves. He has to keep us. He fills empty vessels to the brim. He fills and he refills. How many believe you have to be refilled once in a while? Anybody in here beside me believe that? Acts 4, they got it again. They got it in Acts 2, they got it again. Ephesians said, be you filled with the Spirit of, the, of God. Be not drunk with wine. You can be drunk on the world and not be drunk on the wine. You can be drunk on your job. You can be drunk on a lot of things, but not drunk on the God. How many believe we ought to be drunk on God? We ought to be just carried away with God and what he's done. I'm thankful what God has done. I'm more thankful what he's going to do today. I'm eager to see what he's going to do today. What happened? You get a phone call at midnight. What do you think? Huh? It could be somebody if he can give you a million dollars. You don't know. See, the, the thinking has got to change. I'm blessed going in, and I'm blessed coming out. I'm the head, and I'm not the tail. I am what God says I am. Because he put that inside me. Amen. God bless you for being here today. She had to go get the bar. Another word for bar means to go beg. She had to go beg for empty vessels. And get not just a few, but get many and bring them to the house of God. You say, Brother Billy, I can't go. You can pray. You can ask God to go. Like Dr. Cho says, when he died here a year or so ago, his church had over a million people. And that's where it was built, a prayer. They asked him, what's the key to the building of church? He said, prayer and believe. He worshiped Buddha until he got sick, just a teenage boy. And a girl came by, a Christian, gave him a New Testament Bible. He said, I don't want that. I got Buddha. But he got worse. He began to read in the book of Genesis. She come by and said, don't read the Old Testament. Don't read the Old Testament. You ain't going to live long enough unless you get Christ. So he started reading the New Testament. And he came upon some scriptures that was alive. How many know the scriptures are alive? They are alive with power. They're alive with the things to deliver us and set us free. And not only that, it keeps us free. Amen. I don't know. Could we, could we sing that song? Y'all already got one picked out? Well, we're going to change if we can. We're going to change it up a little bit. 
Oh, won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Now, Ken, you don't join in because he, he, he doesn't got off key. We're going to change that up. Oh, we're having a wonderful time now. Can we do that? Are you willing to do that to sing? The Bible says clap your hands and sing and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, we're going to have a wonderful time while we're here. We're going to be drunk on the wine. Hallelujah, the new wine. The outpouring of the Spirit, praise God. Oh, you take Cindy and Haley. They already got it. They already got it. Listen at them. They got it. Oh, we're going to have a wonderful time here. Not when we get over yonder, but right now. We're going to have a wonderful time. We're going to rejoice in the Lord while we're here. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Glory to God. No, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. We, we, we're going down the wrong road. We're still singing that old song. Are y'all getting this? If you're not careful, the first thing you know, you're singing the old song. We need to get a new song. The Bible said get you a new song. Get rid of that old stuff. Get you a new song. Let's sing this here. We are having a wonderful time right now. We know that one? We don't know that. Darla, you know that one? Darla, you know it, don't you? Okay, we won't sing it. Let them sing whatever they want to. But God wants you to have a wonderful, blessed life while you're here. He's provided the provision in our lives to give us that kind of life. We don't have to work it. We don't have to do anything. All we got to do is pray and believe. Hallelujah. Okay, they're going to work it out. God bless you. Let's sing something that we know. Don't sing that. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Just a minute while they're trying to get geared up there. This one person is going to cross this big river. It's full of crocodiles in this little book. And, and they said, them crocodiles will eat you up. You try to cross that river. I said, I got to get to the other side. But said, the crocodile will eat you before you get there. Said, I got to get to the other side, and I'm going. Stepped in that water, and that crocodile come swimming toward her with her mouth open, and Scripture came. How many are glad when God puts Scriptures in your mind? You got them in your heart, but he has to reveal them. And he revealed to her, or him, said, I'll give you power over the serpent. Is that right? Is that what he said? This person turned and looked at that alligator and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, close your mouth, turn around and go the other direction. Immediately the mouth closed, turn around and went the other direction because God has given us authority and power over everything on this earth if we will believe it and start accepting it and start speaking it and believe it's going to happen. That's the kind of life God wants us to live. If they can live it over there, I could give you many, many stories. They're living in, I'm telling you, everybody ought to say I'm rich. That wasn't everybody. You're rich in the natural. Beyond what you can imagine when you look, see what them people are living in. But hallelujah. The Bible said Abraham was very what? Huh? Don't misunderstand that scripture. He's not talking about silver and gold. He's talking about he was very rich in his relationship with God. 
You can have all the wealth in this world and not have a good relationship with God. You can be poor as old Job's turkey and be rich with God. That's what God is looking for, for us, to be rich. Let's sing something joyful. I'm going to have to. There was a certain woman, the wives of the son of the prophets. Under Elisha said, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that my servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take away my sons, to put them in bondage. Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What has thou in the house? And she said, Thy maiden have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Verse 3, And then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, empty vessels. Bar not a few. When thou art come unto thy house, you shut the doors, you shall pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set them aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her, upon her sons, and brought the vessel to her, and she poured out. It came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet vessels. And they said unto her, There is not any more. Then she came and told the prophet, the man of God, who said, Go sell all the oil, pay your debt. Somebody tell me what that few verses that says. And live. How many could say with me, I'm going to live? Or are you going to say, I'm going to live? He said, pay your debt. How many know Jesus Christ has paid our debt? He said, I want you to live. Your debt's been paid. This woman's husband was Obelai. He's the one that hid the prophets by 50 in the caves from Jezebel and Ahab. And now the reward for his faithfulness to God is going to come to her family. And now he tells her, said, now I want you to go out in all your neighborhood, everywhere you go in all of your neighborhood, Brother Melvin said, I want you to go cover all your neighborhood, and I want you to borrow as many, if not just a few, but many vessels, big, small, or little, but make sure they're what? Empty. Empty. So she did. If she didn't really live a rich, vibrant life the rest of her life, it was her fault. It was her fault. Because he told her to go and do what? Sell, pay your debt, and what? How many know that your debt has been paid in full when Jesus said it's finished on the cross? He said his debt's been paid in full. Now go and what? Live. Don't be like the person said, oh, I can't think about heaven for thinking about hell all the time. Well, don't think about hell because you've been born again and bought out of bondage. Your debt has been paid. You are to go forth and do what? Live. You, you, you're to go and live. You say, well, what's that got to do with me? The vessels represent you and I. You and I. Empty. Empty. I mean, when you come to God, you're going to have to be what? Empty of yourself. You got to kill yourself and be empty of yourself.
and to live a vibrant Christian life, that self must stay on the cross and die daily. That's why Apostle Paul said, I crucify my flesh every day of my life because he wants to rule. How many know that your flesh wants to rule? There's a lady got the Holy Ghost one time. She testified she didn't know nothing about the Lord. She said, I feel the old man scratching out of the grave again. When you get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'll tell you that old flesh is going to do its best to scratch out of the grave and come alive and take control of your life. He wants to rule. But thank God you got something inside you keeps him from ruling. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And the all represents the Holy Ghost. How many are glad when you come to God, you came empty, broken, in need, and he filled you to the brim with the Holy Ghost? And then he says, go and live, because it's not the life that you're going to live. It's the life of the Holy Ghost inside you going to do the living. He wants going to do the living. Jimmy Swaggart said, when I got the Holy Ghost, I never fought another battle in my life. You say, well, I don't know about that. He said, I had battles, I had troubles, but the Holy Ghost in me fought my battle. How many of the Holy Ghost is fighting your battle? Are we rising up in the flesh and trying to fight them ourselves? I've been there, but I'm through there. I'm through with that. I'm not going to fight no more of the flesh. Paul said, I didn't receive it of the flesh. I was not taught by the flesh. I did never confer with the flesh. The only one I ever conferred with was Jesus Christ. And that's why he was so successful. Y'all feel good? Do you feel good? I feel good. Hallelujah. You ought to feel good every day of your life. When you get out of bed in the morning, you should say, good morning, what? Holy Ghost. What kind of time we're going to have a day? We've been born again. Our old nature is dead. That old life is gone. It's gone in the buried in the grave. And that's where he needs to stay. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wonderful is the Lord. This, the Bible said this woman cried. How many of you know it's all right to cry under God? Huh? I found out it don't do very little crying, just crying. <laughs> but when you cry under God. David said this poor man, talk about himself. He wasn't talking about he was a king. He was rich. You read about how rich he was when he said that. He wasn't talking about I didn't have no riches. He said this poor man cried. When a poor spirit cries out unto God, he said, and God heard this poor man's cry and answered my prayers. When we cry to God for my spirit, I guarantee you he's going to answer. He's going to answer. I want to say again, the New Testament, there never was no waiting. Never was no waiting. You read it for yourself. Never, no, no waiting. Amen. Two blind men followed him. He just ignored them. Didn't pay no attention to them. They cried and they cried. He went in the house and they went in the house. And he said, what do you want me to do? And they said, we want to see. He said, do you believe that I can do this? And they said, um, yes, we believe. And then he said, according to your faith. And the minute they said that, what happened? What happened, Sister Richard? The minute they said that, we believe you can. He said, according to your faith, heaven. And the Bible said, and immediately the Holy Ghost or Jesus Christ opened their eyes. How many glad when that day your eyes was open? They asked Helen Keller, 
what would be worse being blind, deaf, and dumb, which she was? She said, having eyes and not be able to see. Hmm? How many are glad you can see who Jesus is? How many are glad to hear? I'm going to get to this in a minute. He revealed himself to you. How many are glad? Could you say, man, that Christ revealed himself to me? He reveals himself to us. Every day he's making a new statement to us of the wonderful things of God. 2 Peter 1 and 2 said, Grace, that means favor, and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. She might have heard about Elisha having a double portion. One day he was plowing 12 yoke of oxen. I have never plowed an oxen, but I know what it means to plow a mule or horse. I know what that means. But one day he was plowing 12 yoke of oxen, and a few days later, he had a double portion of the Spirit of God. You know why God gives us so much is so we're able to give others. If God blesses us so much in the spirit realm and we fail to bless others, then we're offending God. She probably heard that he had a double portion. But I want you to notice what she had to do, to call her what she had to do. He said, I want you to go and gather from all of your neighbors all around of you and I want you to get as many vessels you can find, big or small, but make sure they're empty. The Bible said, if you believe the prophet, you shall prosper in all the things you do. Come on now. You don't have to have a prophet to come to you today. You have Jesus Christ. In the book of Hebrews, said we used to hear the prophets, but now we hear Jesus Christ. I'll come to that again in a minute. He is speaking every day of our lives. Put on your ears and hear the voice of God and what he's saying in our lives today. He's alive. Somebody ought to shout out, he's alive. I once was dead like all other gods are dead, but I'm alive and I'm alive forevermore. Hallelujah. She had to go and get the vessels. But God's responsibility is to fill the vessels, right? I'm going to share with you some stories here in a minute about a little book called The Mighty Wind. Indonesia, what's happening over there. Y'all going to help me this morning? We need to stop praying for the wind to blow. Come on now, I want you to help me. Acts 2, when they said, what's the meaning of this? Peter said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The spirit has been poured out 2,000 years ago. We ought to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit has been poured out. Hallelujah. It's being poured out today. I feel it in my heart. How many feel the Spirit of the Lord in your heart? 
How many of you feel the Spirit of the Lord when you get up in the morning in your heart? How many of you feel the Spirit of the Lord all day long in your heart? He's not on vacation. Elijah said, why don't you pray aloud to the prophets of Baal? Why don't you pray aloud? Maybe he's on vacation. But listen, he's not on vacation. He's already poured out his Spirit in this world, in my heart, in your heart. And if you don't have it, he wants to pour it in your heart right now. He's here right now. Tell the fox, I walked yesterday and I'm going to walk today. How many are glad that Jesus walked 2,000 years ago, but he's walking the same today and he's going to walk the same tomorrow as he ever did before in his life as he got out of the grave? Peter said, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what the angels wanted to look into. This is what the prophet of old wanted to look into, but you're enjoying it. How many is enjoying the blessings of the Lord? Oh, you're just enjoying the blessings. The Lord is just overwhelming with the blessings of the Lord. We had a good Thanksgiving dinner. I hope you had one. We had turkey and chicken and dressing, and, and uh, Peggy didn't have to do nothing. She's gotten to the stage in life. She don't do nothing. Come on now. We need to get to the place that we allow other people to do what we can't do and rejoice in the Lord. That they're doing it and we're being blessed by watching them do it. We're blessed because they want to do it. We're blessed because God is going to have a people in this world. I don't care how dark, how black it gets, God has a people. He's not going to have. He has a people today that's alive in the body of Christ and they're going to be alive forevermore. Well, I don't know what they're going to do when I'm gone. I'm going to do the same before you got here. Huh? God's going to raise up somebody. He's going to raise them up. I believe they're already in the wing waiting. I believe it's just a matter of moments they're fixing to step out. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 and 1 said, God gives not his gifts by limits. He doesn't give no gifts by limits. He gives the fullness of God. He puts his fullness in our lives. You're full with the presence of God. Don't be praying, God, move. He's moving. Scientists say if when, I forgot how many seconds, it quits blowing on this earth. Everything in earth would die. The grass would die. Cattle would die. Everything in the sea would die because the wind is the breath of God. The wind is blowing. How many feel the wind of blowing? You feel the wind of blowing. Listen, when you're having a problem, you ought to be able to feel the wind of blowing. You ought to feel him that greater is he that's in you, that he that's in the world, that he takes up the sword and fights your battles. Fights your battles. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He says he pours out the Spirit without measure. St. John 3, 34. He pours out without measure. The oil, remember now, the oil have been poured out. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. And the vessels represents people that's empty. That is empty. If you need God today, he's present help to heal right now. He's never on vacation. He's never slumbering. He's never asleep. He's always alert. He's always ready and active 
to do something in our lives. He's eager to do something in our lives. He's working a bountiful in our lives. It's being poured out. He is the same God today, right now. The same power that poured out in Acts 2 has already been poured out on us right now. It's the same thing. What we have to do is to learn to believe I have it. It's in me. The hope of glory is inside me. The presence of God is inside me. We got to get a hold of what God is telling us about these wonderful things of God. Jesus Christ <clears throat> is pouring out today. Matthew 9, 37, 38, Jesus said unto them, The harvest truly is plentiful. It's plentiful harvest. I saw something the other day. I, I try my best not to watch the news because I don't believe there's no information in there for me. I want my information from God. I want my information from God. Amen? But I did watch a little documentary about these people. I won't call their names. But they said, we have no one in this world. Nobody wants us, and we don't have a friend. Only friend that we have is the group that we're in. You can figure out who there was. It broke my heart. I tell you, God loves them as much as he loves you or much as he loved me. He loved you when you didn't love God. He loves them as much as he loves you or anybody else on this world. And I thought, God, help us, to have this, help us to have the faith and the courage to help these people. One way we can help but praying. Amen? Now, Jesus said the harvest is great and truly plentiful. But he said, therefore, pray to the Lord. That's Jesus Christ. You to pray to Jesus Christ that he would do what? Sing laborers. At one time, we have knocked every door in Queen City and around. Sharon used to help us plot out what people would come and visit. We'd go visit them on every Monday night, right? We have never seen a harvest from that. Never. I think of what Dr. Cho says. You're not going to win souls to God by knocking doors and passing out tracts. You're going to have to pray. That's what Jesus said right here. You said, I can't go. You don't need to go. Your prayers can go. That's what he's saying right here. You pray that I, the Lord of the harvest, that has all power, all authority in heaven and earth, I will draw them unto myself. We ought to have a universal prayer life for the world to be saved. Hello? Not just here. So the harvest is truly great. Luke 14, it said, The servants came to him and said, Lord, these things, thou the master of the house, being angry, he said unto them, Jesus said unto them, being angry because all the excuses had been made, he said, go out quickly. Go out quickly. And he said, go out in the highways and the byways and invite them to come into my house. And they come and said, it's done, Lord. He said, well, then go invite the lame, the halt, the blind, anybody that's empty, anybody that needs encouragement, invite them and the Spirit of the Lord. You know, no man comes to God without the Spirit of God. I don't care if you knock the door, if you don't have the Spirit of God with you and him moving in that life, nothing's going to happen. But when the Spirit of God draws all, how many can lift your hand? Not, don't, I mean, you don't have to do physically, but you can say the Spirit of the Lord drew me to God. How, how many could say that? Amen. 
you're drawn by the spirit of the love of God to the Christ of God. You're drawn. No man comes unless he's drawn by love. What did the young family that was baptized the other day? Anybody remember what they said up on this stage? When they come up and testify, anybody remember what they said? It attracted them the most, but beyond anything else, what attracted them most? What? The love of God. People love. That's what attracts people is the love of God. Please do not misunderstand me today. Except the power of God is right here, right now. When you get up in the morning, when you leave this place, the power of God is going to go with you. He's already here. He's already poured it out. He is wanting us to gather vessels by prayer and believe in expectation. I believe you can pray till your head falls off and never save anything. I believe in prayer, but I believe it's something that got to be greater than prayer. That's faith. Expectation is something that's going to happen when we pray. The man said, if I tell you a chicken dips enough, look up on his wing because he's got his can under there. We got to expect what God, the prophet Jesus Christ, has said. Something great is happening. Anybody going to agree with me? Not going to happen. That is happening right now. That is happening right now in this community. The Spirit of God is hovering over what he's going to bring to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Empty vessels. Vessels not full of themselves. But vessels are desperate, desperate for God. It should not be the prayer, oh God, I need you. I'm not being critical. I'm trying to help us to get the things of God. I want to see the miraculous manifestation of the power of God every day in our lives. The prayer should be say, oh, God, I want you. I want you in my life. I want you to control my life. I want your presence in me at all times. I desire to hunger the presence of God I want you in my life. Everybody needs him. I tell you, everybody needs him. But everybody don't want him. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40 and verse 5 said, The glory of God reveals himself to those that has not sought him. Now, he revealed himself to those that has not sought him. That's a strange statement, isn't it? that I reveal myself to them that has not sought me or does not seek me. It's not his will that people perish. Stephen said in Acts 7 and 2, said, And God, or the God of glory, appeared to our father Abraham while he was in Macedonia worshiping idols. I feel the Lord working out here that well, we don't even see it. Sister Linda likes to bake. Is that right? She learned that from her mama, I guess. Is that right? Oh, we loved Aunt May's bread. I'm not a bread eater, but we loved it. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, when you put that yeast in that bread, 
Oh, said it's working and you don't see it's working. It's silent. I want you to know there's a God that's alive out in this world and he's working a silent in people that we don't even know and can't see that he's working. But oh, that bread began to, is that right? I'm not no bread man, but I believe that bread, Jesus said that bread starts. Oh, God's moving on them and they don't know it yet. Oh, he said, I reveal myself to those that has not sought me. He revealed himself to Abraham, and Abraham wasn't seeking him. He was worshiping idols. He was an idol worshiper, but God revealed himself to him. Does that show you that God is alive, and he's always a-working? Is that right? Abraham wasn't no interested in God. He couldn't care less about God. When I was going with Peggy, I know y'all heard this story, but you want to hear it again. I can just tell it in your face. I didn't go to church to find God. I went to church to sit on the back row and hold her hand. She knew God, but I didn't. Mm, I wouldn't care if the Spirit of the Lord was moving or not. But well, I'll tell you one night, nobody asked me. Nobody encouraged me. She didn't say anything to me, but just something got inside me. I didn't know God. I made my way to that altar and fell down on my knees. I didn't cry and weep for the Holy Ghost. I cried and weeped, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my, what I've done wrong. And I tell you, I let you figure out the rest of it. He draws you with love silently. Silent. I don't know how many times I went to church with her, and never one time did I feel like going, but I want you to know God was still there working. I want you to thank God that God is working at people you don't even see. You don't see no results, but hallelujah, brother, you're seeing something you can't see living inside that soul that's working, desperate, and they got to become empty where nothing in this world matters but God. And then they'll find God. He said, it's working. That's where the Spirit of God works. He reveals himself. I'd like for you to read the book of Judges and pay close attention how many times God revealed himself to people that was not looking for him, was not expecting him, how he revealed himself to them. He's a revealer of himself to you and I of empty vessels. He reveals himself. Both of Ruth, chapter 1, she left a, a land that was in a famine. She left, she said, in fullness of pleasure. But she comes home bitter. Oh, she's lost her husband, lost two sons. But Brother Michael, nobody seen what was working inside of her. Said, I want to go home. There's people going to come that you never expect them to come because you don't see what's inside of them and they're working. You can't see it. And she says, I'm going home. I feel in my spirit so strong that there's people going to come that has never been here before. And there's people going to come that's been in the bitterness of spirit, been hurt. But God is greater than their hurt. 
God's love is greater than that. Church, if he wasn't a God of moving all the time, this would not happen. You would not be here if God hadn't been moving all the time. He's moving on you when you are asleep. He's sowing seed into you that you don't even know when you are asleep. And it may take it years, more than years to come up, but I won't guarantee you. God's Word is true, and it's going to come up. It's going to produce. As she went home, and a miracle happened as soon as she got home, she was accepted in a way that she didn't think she was. She said, don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> but they surrounded her with love. She put roof in Boaz's field. Boaz, a type of Jesus Christ, to go to work. And all of you know that story wonderfully. But here's what I want to share with you. Ruth and Boaz got married if you're not married to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to come get married today. Amen. I want you to marry yourself with Jesus Christ. I want you to join yourself with Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the father of your soul. He's the master of your soul. Why don't you marry him this morning and be in fellowship? Let him be the husband that you've never had before. Let him be the father that you've never always dreamed of. As Ken says, my daddy, my daddy. Let him be what you always dreamed of. He can be that in your life this morning. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Well, I missed a great opportunity. No, God has restored your opportunity. Hallelujah. He's already poured back what you lost in the book of Joel. And Acts 2, he's already poured it back. He's already poured it back. Poured it back. She married Boaz. Can't you just see him? Oh, that was sweet. Mm-mm. Mm. Ruth had a boy. They named him Obed. And the Bible said he served the Lord all the days of his life or served his generation. But here's the catcher. They carried Obed to Naomi and said he will be a nurser to your life all the days of your life. It changed her life. I want you to know what Jesus reproduces will change your life. When the Holy Ghost gets in your life, it will change your life. I've been changed. I've been newborn. I am a new creature in Christ. He's pouring it out. Every day of your life, he's pouring it out. You don't need to be asking him to pour. You need to be asking him, help me to receive. Help me to receive what's already available. The widow said, I had nothing. But when the widow came to Elijah, said, I only have just a little small or just a little jug of oil. That's all I got. I'm telling you this morning, well, I don't tell you, but I want you to know that God can take the littleness that you got and turn it into abundance just that quick, just that quick. He can change your life. Something good is happening. It is happening because God's alive. You don't need a God of 2,000 years ago. 
you need a God right now. When they put a John, the revelator on the Isle of Patmos to die, they put him there to die. He needed a God right then. And Jesus shows up. Do you need a God this right now? Do you need him to show up in your life right now? Maybe you're in a death situation. Maybe everything looks bleak and hopeless for you. But Jesus says, I want to step into your life. I'm available. I'm present. Help in the time of need. The power is present to heal. He said, I'm here right now. If you'll just open up your empty heart and let me in, I'll do it right now. What happened with John the Revelator? He heard a voice. Even Isaiah said, you'll hear a voice behind you, and it'll be God. How many know that God is speaking to you? How many believe that God is speaking? You may not be hearing, but he's speaking. He never gives up on you, amen? He, he never gives on you. He turned around and looked, and when he saw Jesus, he fell as a dead man. Jesus is here. Where's Jesus going to be in the morning when you get up? Where's he going to be when you? That's a wonderful message we need to share the the kingdom of God is within you. Not the kingdom of heaven. There's two different things. The kingdom of heaven is one thing. The kingdom of God is another thing. But the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. In a little old book called The Mighty Wind, written by a man that was a friend with a this pastor that's in uh, Indonesia. And he said, uh, we don't have no wine in Indonesia. We don't have none. So when we take the Lord's Supper, we fill our glasses with water. Then we do what Jesus did. We pray over the water and it turns to wine. You say, well, I don't know where I believe that or not. Then, well, Jesus said, the works I do, you do. Is that what he said? Didn't he say that? The works I do, then he said, you do? He said, we don't have no wine, but said, we fill our glasses with water, and then we pray over it, and he turns it to wine, and then we have communion. Isn't that wonderful? That's happening today. That's happening right now. Then he said, the greater works you'll do than I do. I want to get a hold of it. Anybody in here with me want to get a hold of that to do the same works he does and even do greater works he does? He said, I have seen over 30,000 people miraculously healed but he said, healing is not the key that Christ came to be. Your salvation is a bigger key than what healing is. What would it benefit if you had perfect health and not have a perfect soul? This priest there, he... Uh, was a lepers. He worshipped idols. And uh, he said he knew a lot of the devils by name. He said, I was on a first-name basis with the devil. We can't relate to that here in America. But church, I'm going to let you know it's real around this world. It's real. And it's more real here than what we realize. There's why there's so much violence in this world today because the devil is loose. And he knows his time is short. And he's working day and night. Amen. How many know we got a God that's working day and night too? And he's greater than he is. And this priest went one day to offer sacrifice to his blood God. They offer sacrifice to all kinds of God. 
I first learned some about this when Brother Baker and him first went to Brazil when he came back in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I've been there six years. Peg and I just got into church. And some things he told that they encountered in Brazil that we don't never encounter here. But to God is the same everywhere. And as he was making sacrifice to his blood God, Jesus shows up. You might say, well, I don't know about that now. Well, Isaiah said he reveals himself to those that does not what? Is not seeking him. So he reveals himself to those not seeking him. He revealed himself to Abraham, and Abraham wasn't seeking him. So he reveals himself to this priest. And the priest asked him, said, who are you? He said, I am the God that you're worshiping. But you're worshiping me in the wrong way. He said, but who are you? He said, you go back to your village, and you have everybody in their village to burn their idols, get rid of all their stuff unto the unknown God, and I'll come back and talk to you. He did. He had a trouble getting them all to burn them, but he did. He went back, and they burned them all, and they got rid of every one of them. Then Jesus appeared to him. He said, I'm Jesus. And to prove that he was Jesus, they was always asking for proof over there. Were there devil? And Jesus healed him of his leprosy. Isn't that wonderful? Wasn't even seeking to be healed. Wasn't even seeking the Lord. And then something else happened to him. A rushing, mighty wind from heaven flowed through his life and filled him with the Holy Ghost. Oh, church, it's happening. All around the world, it's happening. It's happening here. The living of the bread is working. Can't you just see people coming? Huh? Anybody in here beside me, you can just see people coming? People that have been bitter, don't look like they can ever get over it, but they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Amen. The prodigal son had spent his life in riotous living. He went to his father, said, give me and my brother what's coming to us. If you'll notice, he gave it to both of them. He gave the, the inheritance to both of them. He went out and spent his, oh, God. I feel, I know my own life, there's been times that I have not been fully committed to God. I've tried to walk with God since I received the Holy Ghost in 1960. When I was called into the ministry, I sold my saddle horses, my trailer. I sold everything pertaining to a horse. I got rid of it and tried to give more to God. But I know there's been times in my life I've been slack and not like I should be. But these next what a few years I have left is going to be committed to God. He came to himself. No man comes to himself. They don't come to themselves. The Spirit of the Lord, the living was in his heart, caused him to come to himself. No man comes to God unless he's drawn by the Spirit. No man has a good thought unless it comes from God. But, hallelujah, that was in him. He came to himself because the Father had never given up on him. How many believe that God has never given up on you? 
I don't care what you've been through and what anybody else is going through. It doesn't matter. God has not given up on you. He's a present help in the time of need. His power is there to heal. You don't have to come to the altar to get healed. You can get healed home in your bed. You don't have to come to the altar to get the Holy Ghost. That's one good thing to do, but you can get the Holy Ghost. I could give you examples after example. People got the Holy Ghost at home, driving their car. People got healed here and there and here and there because God is a present help in the time of need. His power is present to heal wherever you are because he is present. He has poured out his spirit in this earth. And he's still here. You don't need a yesterday God. You need a God today. You may need a problem solved today. He is the God that solved your problem right now. He can do it. He eagerly wants to do it. I could give you many more examples in that little old book. What they're seeing and happening there. Is God respect a person? Is he not the same today as he was yesterday? There's no shadow of a turning in him, no respect to person. He does not slumber nor sleep. He's hungry and thirsty for us to come to him. And sometimes he come to us when you didn't come to him. Anybody in here beside me that God come to you when you, you, you weren't looking for him? There's one right there. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible said no man all ever come before him was thieves. In other words, no man has ever come before God except he drew him. We are what God makes us. Unless he makes us, we're nothing. Unless he keeps us, we cannot keep ourselves. He has to keep us. He fills empty vessels to the brim. He fills and he refills. How many believe you have to be refilled once in a while? Anybody in here beside me believe that? Acts 4, they got it again. They got it in Acts 2, they got it again. Ephesians said, be you filled with the Spirit of, the, of God. Be not drunk with wine. You can be drunk on the world and not be drunk on the wine. You can be drunk on your job. You can be drunk on a lot of things, but not drunk on the God. How many believe we ought to be drunk on God? We ought to be just carried away with God and what he's done. I'm thankful what God has done. I'm more thankful what he's going to do today. I'm eager to see what he's going to do today. What happened? You get a phone call at midnight. What do you think? Huh? It could be somebody if he can give you a million dollars. You don't know. See, the, the thinking has got to change. I'm blessed going in, and I'm blessed coming out. I'm the head, and I'm not the tail. I am what God says I am. Because he put that inside me. Amen. God bless you for being here today. She had to go get the bar. Another word for bar means to go beg. She had to go beg for empty vessels. And get not just a few, but get many and bring them to the house of God. You say, Brother Billy, I can't go. You can pray. You can ask God to go. Like Dr. Cho says, when he died here a year or so ago, his church had over a million people. And that's where it was built, by prayer. 
They asked him, what's the key to the building of church? He said, prayer and believe. He worshiped Buddha until he got sick, just a teenage boy. And a girl came by, a Christian, gave him a New Testament Bible. He said, I don't want that. I got Buddha. But he got worse. He began to read in the book of Genesis. She come by and said, don't read the Old Testament. Don't read the Old Testament. You ain't going to live long enough <laughs> unless you get Christ. So he started reading the New Testament. And he came upon some scriptures that was alive. How many know the scriptures are alive? They are alive with power. They're alive with the things that deliver us and set us free. And not only that, it keeps us free. Amen. I don't know. If we, could, we, could we sing that song? Y'all already got one picked out? Well, we, we're going to change if we can. We, uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. Oh, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder. Now, Ken, you don't join in. Because he, he, he done got off key. We're going to change that up. Oh, we're having a wonderful time now. Can we do that? Are you willing to do that to sing? The Bible says clap your hands and sing and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, we're going to have a wonderful time while we're here. We're going to be drunk on the wine. Hallelujah. The new wine. The outpouring of the Spirit. Praise God. Oh, you take Cindy and Haley. They already got it. They already got it. L listen at them. They got it. Oh, we're going to have a wonderful time here. Not when we get over yonder, but right now. We're going to have a wonderful time. We're going to rejoice in the Lord while we're here. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God. No, 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 no. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. We, we, we're going down the wrong road. We're still singing that old song. Are y'all getting this? If you're not careful, the first thing you know, you're singing the old song. We need to get a new song. The Bible said get you a new song. Get rid of that old stuff. Get you a new song. Let's sing this here. We are having a wonderful time right now. We know that one? We don't know that. Darling, you know that one? Darling, you know it, don't you? Okay, we won't sing it. Let them sing whatever they want to. But God wants you to have a wonderful, blessed life while you're here. He's provided the provision in our lives to give us that kind of life. We don't have to work it. We don't have to do anything. All we got to do is pray and believe. Hallelujah. Okay, they're going to work it out. God bless you. Let's sing something that we know. But don't sing that. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Just a minute while they're trying to get geared up there. This one person was going to cross this big river. It's full of crocodiles in this little book. And, and they said, them crocodiles will eat you up. You try to cross that river. I said, I got to get to the other side. But said, the crocodile will eat you before you get there. I said, I got to get to the other side, and I'm going. 
dipped in that water and that crocodile come swimming toward her with her mouth open and scripture came. How many are glad when God puts scriptures in your mind? You got them in your heart, but he has to reveal them. And he revealed to her or him, said, I'll give you power over the serpent. Is that right? Is that what he said? This person turned and looked at that alligator and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, close your mouth, turn around and go the other direction. Immediately the mouth closed, turn around and went the other direction because God has given us authority and power over everything on this earth if we will believe it and start accepting it and start speaking it and believe it's going to happen. That's the kind of life God wants us to live. If they can live it over there, I could give you many, many stories. They're living in, I'm telling you, everybody ought to say, I'm rich. That wasn't everybody. You were rich in the natural, beyond what you can imagine when you look, see what them people are living in. But hallelujah. The Bible said Abraham was very what? Huh? Don't misunderstand that scripture. He's not talking about silver and gold. He's talking about he was very rich in his relationship with God. You can have all the wealth in this world and not have a good relationship with God. You can be poor as old Job's turkey and be rich with God. That's what God is looking for, for us, to be rich. Let's sing something joyful. Not that we're not singing something joyful. Y'all going to have to learn that song now. Glory to God. You knew it, didn't you? Wandering into the night. <laughs> wanting a place to hide. This weary soul. Try with all my mind, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting back on. Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me. Turn me around, you place my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because you heal my heart, you change my day, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God. I cannot deny what I no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind so so long to my old friends burning in bitterness you can't just keep it moving no you ain't welcome here from now till I walk the streets of gold I'll sing of how you save my soul. This wayward song has found its way back. Oh, you picked me up, you turned me around, you placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my name. Forever free, I'm not. 
not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Hail the Sanhedrin, I am free. I am free. I am free. Hail the Sanhedrin, I am free. I am free. I am free. Hail the Sanhedrin. Savior, I thank God. 